Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Wobegon a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Hi everybody, Lori here. I'm afraid due to some technical difficulties, we've had to use some backup audio for Sasha's track. So you may notice a difference in quality between the last two episodes and this one. Hopefully this won't affect your listening experience and you will enjoy the episode. and welcome to another session of Camp Flying Moose for Girls of All Kinds, a wonderful role-playing game about, well, all kinds of girls at a summer camp. My name's Sasha Stiena. I played Georgie Barker on the Magnus Archives, and my pronouns are she, he, or they, and I'm going to be the camp counsellor, or GM, today. And with me are Frank, Annie, and Lowry. Frank, who are you, and who are you playing? Hi, I'm Frank Voss. I played Basira Hussain in the Magnus Archives. My pronouns are they, them. And I will be playing Violet today, whose pronouns are she, they. Hi, I'm Annie Fitch. I was one of the vocal editors for Magnus Archives from end of season four through all season five. And uh, my pronouns are she, her. I don't remember if I said that. I might have said that twice. And I uh, am playing Ivy. 
I am Laurie, and I was the producer of Magnus Archives for a while. I also edit for gaming, and I am playing Rowan, and pronouns are she, her. Hi, lovely. So, so far at Camp Flying Moose, our intrepid heroes have awoken to discover some damage done to the camp. On investigation, it seems that there may have been a fight between one or more, well, more than one, we don't know how many, creatures. We know that they have large paw prints about the size of a bear's, but not quite the same shape. We know that some of the campers have formed quite stringent cliques that seem to have a rivalry that is breaking apart friendships that were once solidified by bracelet split up <laughs> at the moment. So Rowan has just been doing some investigation in the library and has been given a, a little booklet about a cabin that is currently not quite occupied by Rowan, <laughs> has done a trek through the woods and is trying to break into the cabin. While this is all going on, Annie has been trying her best at doing some macrame and has been um, investigating one of the suspiciously acting girls, Ruth, who we have just found out is having an allergy flare-up. Uh, but the only thing that we know that she's allergic to is dogs. Annie, let's head back into Ivy's scene. You found this rash on Ruth, and um, on asking, she says, oh yeah, it's weird, the only thing that I know that I'm allergic to is dogs. At that point in time, what do you think that I would tie together dogs and the paw prints that I saw? If she said that, and like, there's no other way that there would be dogs around, right? That is entirely up to you. What connections your character will draw is entirely your choice. I'm going to do myself a quick decision-making thing here. I'm going to flip a coin. So at that point, Ivy was digging in her bag for calamine lotion, knowing full well there was none in there. Well, I fully expected her to have some. Because she knew that Ruth wasn't actually going to answer her questions honestly unless she was extending a token of friendship. This is just a bag of snacks. There's nothing else special in it. But she was like, I have a bag. Maybe I can, you know. The second that she hears dogs, she's going to freeze over the bag. Ivy freezes and she thinks her second. And she thinks back to the paw prints. And she thinks, no, I just anything but dogs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no dogs around the camp ever that we've seen. You are in the middle of a forest with a lake, so there are obviously just plenty of wildlife, but there are no no dogs sure. or cats, no like, pet animals. So I think she's going to freeze, sort of do the, like, making connections in her head thing, ding, light bulb, and is going to then stand up and go, oh, um, I don't have any calamine in my bag, but you know what? I'll tell you what. I have to go find my friends real quick. I'll talk to the nurse. I'll see if she has anything that I can bring back for you. Because I thought I, I swear I thought I had some in this bag, but I don't. So I'll, I'll be right back and just run out before there's any response. Mary just uh, pulls after you. But wait, there's so many more knots I can show you. <laughs> but the revolution. <laughs> okay, uh, let's check in with Violet. So Violet, you've managed to kind of shimmy open a little bit of window, but then it's got stuck. Not quite wide enough for you to get through. What are you going to do next? Are there any... Are there any big sticks around? Something that looks like I could just wedge it in and kind of leverage the window open? Yes. I'm sorry, I love that you're not even trying the lockpicks. Alright, because I know I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll grab what looks like a decent stick. Just try and wedge it in and leverage the window open enough for me to get in. 
Okay. So you want to kind of leave the window open? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you to make me another adrenaline roll, which is oh, 2d6 plus your strength. I'm just a small goblin. I don't have strength. <laughs> You're the one that decided to try and drink your way into a hut. Oh, uh, maybe I do have strength. It was an eight. Okay, yeah. You jam and jam and jam. You do manage to get the window wide enough. However, you have also broken one of the panes of glass. <gasps> but you can absolutely climb in. I'm going to do that. The key is not inside the door. Where would you keep a spare key in a cabin? Think, Violet. Is it under the map? I'm going to roll dice and... Everywhere you look, if you get a six, yes, it is. I like that I've decided there's a spare key in the cabin somewhere. Do you know what? I've just got a six, yeah. There's a key under the map. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. You will have to climb out of the window. That is fine. And open the big stick that is popping up (laughs) the window to look under the map where there is a spare key. Perfect. I'm going to do that. This is perfect. So now you are in the cabin. Would you like to do anything at the cabin? Or are you going to just walk straight back? Let's see. It would have taken me a couple of hours to get here. Yeah, let's say it's about half two, three o'clock. You have missed lunch. Dinner is probably at a reasonable time. So I probably don't have long to look around before I have to meet everyone. So I guess I'll just come straight back. Okay. Are you doing anything about the window, the broken pane and the big stick currently wedged into the window frame. Um, I'm going to remove the stick. I'm going to throw a rock at the window. <laughs> and then just run away. You hear the sound of shattering glass as you run. Did you take the key with you? Or have you just left it open? Yeah, no, I'm putting the key in with my lockpicks. Nice. Mm-hmm. So while you're on your way back, let's head over to Rowan. So, yeah, Willow is behaving completely normally and you've got the little information leaflet about the cabin. There's nothing specific about the cabin or, like, there's nothing Mm. specifically mysterious in this leaflet. Is there anything else you'd like to investigate into? Did the night foraging thing that was replacing orienteering... Yes. Did it say who was taking that? Which councillor? Yes. There are a couple of councillors that are taking it. There's a team of four one of whom is Stevie. And did it say where we would be going on the foraging? Yeah, you're going into the woods on a nature walk. It's not like going to the cabin or anything like that? No. They do foraging walks quite often, and it's usually within, like, preset paths on the forest. Cool. Also, I think I've misunderstood a little bit with the foraging walk. That was going to be not that night, but the following night? It's tomorrow night, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've established that my cousin is not behaving weirdly, so that's good. I haven't really got much information about the cabin. But I did find out that Stevie likes going there. And I think I did try to ask how Willow knew that. But that wasn't really the question I wanted to ask. Is like, how often does Stevie go there? Why do you associate Stevie with the cabin? That's strange. Oh, you know, um, Stevie Town Stevie actually really loves all this stuff. You know, she loves the forest. She loves going foraging. She loves going to the cabin. That's good to know. Well, I think I'm probably just going to go... Um... It's needy lunchtime, question mark? Yeah. Yeah. Probably just going to go and get something to eat. Thanks for the leaflet, Will. That's uh, kind of helpful. <laughs> All right, see you later. I'll, I'm just going to go and finish the bracelet that I'm making you and I'll bring it around. 
if you're headed to lunch, I think that I come sprinting out trying to find you. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, I'm happy for that to... Let's say you meet up, like, on the way to the lunch block. Yeah. I think Ivy runs up and immediately kind of grabs you by the arm and, like, tries to pull you aside, like, away from other people real quick. It's like, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. So we go around the side of some kind of building and go, Wolves! Wolves? I'm serious, it's wolves. Listen, listen, listen. Ruth, I tried to follow her in to talk to her to see what was going on with her and Cassie. I didn't really get any answers about that, but she was having this rash, these allergies. She said it was allergies. I wasn't even thinking about that. I just asked her if it was pollen or what. And she says it's dogs. The only thing she's allergic to is dogs. When have you seen a dog around camp? Well, I've never seen a dog around camp. Do you think that it was wolves that were fighting in camp? Those paw prints. It's wolves. Okay. But still doesn't really explain why are people behaving so weirdly. Like, my cousin was fine, so, you know, that's good, I guess. Just step back for a second. It's not everyone, then, who's acting weird. It's just a certain two groups. Yeah. Right. Are there any links between those groups? So, like, is it, like, one cabin versus another cabin, for example, or are they all mixed up? It's not one cabin versus another cabin. They are all mixed up. Since you've been coming here a very long time and you're very into, like, what's going on in the camp, you will know that most of the girls in the two groups, like, kind of know each other, you know? Okay. Yeah, so I guess wolves make sense, but, like, why are people behaving so weirdly? I don't know. I still can't figure that out, but Ruth wasn't going to give me straight answers at all. She was like Cassie. She was dismissive. She barely looked at me. And there were some of the other girls from that other table this morning. They would sit all the way across the room. They used to always hang out together, so I don't know. That's so strange. But at least that's a lead. That's a start. Okay, okay, yeah. Have you seen Violet? No, I mean, I have no idea where she's gone. She never tells us anything. That's fair. She'll pop up. I can't imagine she'd miss lunch, though. (laughs) So, uh, let's see if you can go into the dining hall and... um... You're quite early for lunch, not everybody's here yet, but you can start to see like those two cliques are forming again. But this time, you notice what you didn't see so much of this morning is like by now, oh, they seem really tired. Like a lot of them are yawning or kind of like dozing on each other's shoulders. Mm. I'm not sure what to do because it feels like we've tried to speak to them. If you want, you can skip ahead to later when Violet comes back. Yeah. I think that might be better. Yeah, let's fast forward. Do a little fast forward. Yeah. Uh, So we shall jump ahead. And um, by the time that Violet gets back, so you did say you were going to meet at dinner time. Yes, but by the outside showers? So, Violet, you exit the little path out of the forest just around dinner time, when dinner's starting to be served. So you have a choice. You can either go and get some food or you can go straight to the outdoor showers. Well, I did miss lunch and I only ate some toast for breakfast. You did only eat toast. And I did <laughs> run as much as humanly possible both ways. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm probably going to do what I did at breakfast and run into the cafeteria, see what I can have that I can carry and then leave. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can run in and you can grab a cheese toasty. Mm. I'm also gonna, if Jem's in there, I'm also gonna steal something off her plate on my way out. Jem <laughs> is in there. She sat at the edge of uh, one of the benches, one of the outside benches, and you go to grab. Well, what's for dinner tonight? What's the main dinner? Spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> um, or let's say spaghetti and meatballs. 
So you go to mm. grab a meatball off her plate, and um, she like, looks at you and swats at you and makes this like very aggressive noise. Uh, excuse me, Jem. That's what's mine. That? I'm sorry. Just put the meatball back. Can you lick it first? <laughs> <laughs> It's tempting. I'm not that. I don't think I am. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Runs and goes back to it. Are you okay? Tired and hungry. You've got food. Why are you tired? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't sleep well, I think. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people didn't sleep well. Do you know why? I don't know. I'm just... I think I'm just going to eat this and then go and get an early night. Okay. Well, be safe. Be good. Be. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Just run straight out like, bye, I love you. That's really sweet. <laughs> you turn up and I'm going to say Rowan and Ivy are already at the outdoor showers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Violet, where have you been? You didn't, you, you weren't here for lunch. What, what did you do? What have you seen? I was in the woods, <gasps> but I didn't see anything. So now I'm back. Okay. I think Ivy hands you a flashlight. I don't know if it's dark already, but there's no way we're making it to the cabin before dark if we wait until after dinner. It's not dark yet, but it like dusk is approaching. Like I can't find because you're all encouraged to have flashlights and head torches any time that you're out after dinner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Rowan definitely has a head torch. <laughs> Absolutely. You've gotta have your hands free in the wilderness. I think I hand Violet a flashlight and a like a granola bar. Here. I think Violet is just staring forlornly at the showers like, man, I could really do with one of those. <laughs> and I'm also going to assume that Rowan at least comes prepared enough to have like a compass. Yes, for sure. I mean, she has several badges in a lot of things like this. Obviously, you had yet to complete her full orienteering. She has a compass and the leaflet that has the map on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a line through the woods. Kind of a weird question regarding the cabin, but I thought I just had... Since it's on the side of a mountain, is there any kind of view, wider view out of the cabin? And can you see the camp? So the cabin is where it is because um, right to one side and in front of it, there's like a beauty viewing spot. Mm. Can you see the camp? Yes, you can. It's like one of those, you've got great view of for quite a way. Yeah. Did you say there were sleeping bags in the cabin? There aren't sleeping bags in the cabin. You usually like pack up a little rucksack and pretend you're going camping. Mm. So you take everything with you i mean rowan has definitely packed a sleeping bag for herself at least like and would have encouraged ivy to do the same i think that ivy would have definitely packed at least something there's definitely going to be an item or two that ivy would have forgotten in all of this but like sort of the basics flashlight water the snacks as always sleeping bag that sort of stuff relatively prepared violet is completely unprepared I mean, I think we've got enough snacks and a torch for you. Maybe I hand you a sleeping bag as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you make your way through the the path, as has been described last week, a few miles long, and after a couple of hours, um, it is starting to get dark now, you come to the fork in the road. And uh, Rowan has been guiding with the little compass and the map. It looks like the right-hand fork is the right one to take from the map. So we did establish that Rowan, like, one of her special things was that she knows the camp very well. Does it extend this far? Or is the camp her domain? Either last week or the week before, that Rowan is not a good orienteerer. That's true. Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, it's all learned knowledge. She has not been fine. 
Okay, well, I guess it's the right then, because that's what it kind of looks like on this squiggle. Uh, I don't know. I think it's the left. Why? If you look at this map, I mean, it's pretty clearly the right. No, I mean, if you look at that, I say, pointing to nothing in particular. (laughs) (laughs) And then that is the same. I think it's, it's the left. The left looks familiar from last year. Wow, your memory is so good. I don't really remember the track we did. Ivy, did you were there, right? I was not paying attention to the trail at all, honestly. Okay. I'm going to roll a dice to see if I <laughs> bow to Violet. Yeah, I say, okay, well, if you're sure, Violet, Yeah, I'm, I'm then... really, I'm definitely sure it's the left. Okay. Part of me wants to like, so, Ivy, do you have any, you know, you said you were doing knots earlier. Do you have any of that yarn with you? Should we maybe, just in case we get lost, maybe tie some to this tree and like, I didn't bring any of the yarn with me. I got up and just ran out at the time. <laughs> Damn. If only we'd done that orienteering course. There has to be something we can leave behind. Let me see. I'm going to dig around in the rucksack and find, like, I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull out, like, a, a red vine. <laughs> those, like, really long pieces of licorice. I'm going to tie one of those around a tree. That's what I've got. There. Okay, see, we marked it here. Okay, that's cool. And hopefully nothing will eat that. Bread is poisonous in nature, right? <laughs> to the left. To, to the, the left. left. Everything we own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so off you trek, tying the occasional strawberry lace or red vine around branches. And um, it's starting to get quite dark. And because it's dark, you're going a lot slow, more slowly than you normally would. It takes you until quite late in the night, later than you usually get to bed. So one thing that you notice about being at Camp Flying Moose, and it's probably because you're spending all day outdoors and in nature and doing like active things. You tend to, you get hungrier and food kind of tastes better and you get more tired and you sleep more deeply. So you'd usually be asleep by now, but you keep walking and you hear those noises that people say come from the mountains sometimes. And what I would really love is like a little, tiny little howl. Okay, that was nearer than it usually is when we're at camp. Ivy has a specific special move. It's really more of a special ability, I think, called I Am Afraid of No Ghost, which I adore. I have strength of will. I'm not scared of mysterious creatures, which is the relevant point, and I never completely fail to make friends with them. So I hear the noises in the woods, and I'm just like, oh, cool. Oh, and she's like, so you said it's a little close? That's what Rowan said. It's definitely within the woods. As you keep walking, you hear one that's a little far away, and then... Within a few minutes, there's another one that answers it, and then another one a little bit later. So let's say like the, the first one sounds fairly far away, and the second one sounds closer, and then the third one sounds like somewhere in between. I think that at any point where Ivy hears one that sounds like it's sort of within a stone's throw of the path, she would immediately kind of turn over and go, Oh! Into the woods. <laughs> Just like playing around, messing around with it, because... She's not scared of them whatsoever. She's going, oh, cool. Yeah, you know what? Roll make friends. That is a seven. Okay. Yeah, you have a couple of answers. A couple of, oh, woo! <laughs> Look at that guy. They responded. Okay, um, I don't think we should let them know where we are, Ivy. Don't you remember the state of the camp this morning? Did you see any blood? Any violence? They damaged things. We're fine. I mean, we were all inside, you know? 
I think Ivy's just still walking on during this. <laughs> We've been walking for a long time now. Where uh, should we? Uh, maybe we should have taken the right fork. Should we go back? Like, how far away do you think the cabin is? It didn't take this long last year, did it? It's dark now. Yeah, we weren't doing it. We weren't doing a night hike. Yeah, night hikes always take longer. There's no way that Rowan's going off by herself, so she's going to stay with them. Like, if they're going this way, she's going with them. So since you all, like, keep together, um, about an hour after Rowan <gasps> was, like, expecting to see the cabin, you come to the cabin. Um, you shine your torches on it, and uh, there are two broken window panes. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> I wonder when that happened. Do you think it was the same the same things that wrecked camp, maybe? They've been here? Maybe. I mean, there's only one way to find out. we got to get inside. Violet, you got the lockpicks? Yeah, I'll, uh, you guys just keep watch. Do you want me to, like, shine the, shine my torch light so you, you don't have to use your torch? Can I borrow your headlamp? I mean, I can just shine it directly onto the thing for you if you well, like. I think I'd prefer it if you kept an eye out, just in case, and I can use your headlamp. Okay, okay, sure. I'll give her my headlamp. Give me your torch. <laughs> Rowan is going to be linking arms with Ivy. She's terrified Aww. right now. I think Ivy's kind of walking the perimeter a little bit, just to sort of see if there's like anything around one of the sides of the cabin that feels relevant, like if there's scratch marks on it, but also like, I don't know, if there's an animal in the same clearing as the cabin that we haven't seen because it's around the other side. Just kind of doing a loop. That sounds too brave for Rowan. Rowan has her back pressed to the cabin wall and is just looking out at the greedy, jerking the light, torchlight around at any small noise. Annie, could you make an investigate roll for me? That is an eight. Okay, lovely. There are some scratches right around the window. It looks like something's been like clawing, maybe, or scratching mm. around where the window meets the windowsill. You know, it's the same one that's broken. But while walking the perimeter, you see a pair of glowing yellow eyes watching you from within the trees. Okay, when she notices the eyes, she's going to stop and not approach or anything, but she's just going to kind of sit and watch the eyes for a second, try to maybe shine the torch, see what they belong to. But either way, just kind of ensuring that it's not coming closer, it's not doing anything right now. Okay, do you want to shine the torch directly on the creature or just like nearby or in front of it? Directly on, I think, but not just like a wham, just kind of like move it over slowly. You know what I mean? Just like scan the trees and get over to it. You start to move your torch. You see what looks like cut black fur, just a mm. shadow. And then at the light, as the light hits it, it runs away. And at that point, I reckon that Violet's probably managed to get the door open. Yeah, no, I took my time because, you know, picking locks isn't fast. It's a precision skill. <laughs> it really is so cool, Violet. Is it safe inside? Uh, I'll tell you, I will go first and then you stay between me and Ivy. Okay, thanks. And then we'll protect you, even though I am like half your size, probably. <laughs> no one's called out to Ivy, so Ivy's not headed back to the door yet absolutely <laughs> would do ivy ivy okay got it i just want to be clear because i was gonna say that if, if no one does call out to her she's gonna not like follow the the creature or anything but she's gonna continue looking around the clearing for more eyes but if you call out she'll come yeah back to the door. i mean there's no way rowan wouldn't yeah i think we'd both she call. wants us all in a pack together <laughs> okay i'm coming back violet you enter the cabin it is exactly as you left it except now there is an additional 
stone lying on the floor near the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to look around and she be like, yep, yeah, there's no animals, but it looks fine. As for the perimeter, just so you guys know, I think it was an animal that broke the window. There's definitely some scratch marks on the sill underneath. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah, but they were smaller. They weren't like the big claw marks that we saw. They were smaller scratch marks, so... Like a questionable branch or something. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Around the back of the building and the edge of the woods, I saw there was some kind of animal looking in. But when I shined my light on it, all I saw was it was colored black, but it ran away. It left now, so I think that we're all clear. Oh my gosh. Some kind of animal. Yeah, it didn't do anything. It didn't come towards me. You know, sometimes you see an animal out in the woods, it'll be out, and you make any kind of noise near it, it's going to want to watch you. But uh, most of them bolt the second that they feel like you're going to threaten them. I shined a light at it, it ran away. I don't know what it was, but I think it's probably fine. I think it was probably a wolf. We've been talking about them, and we've been hearing the howls. What, what, wolves? Yeah, I feel like we absolutely would have filled Violet in on the theories that we had on the wolf. (laughs) (laughs) And if we didn't, our bad. (laughs) Also, there's been awus in the woods all evening, so... Oh, this is such a bad idea. Even if it was a wolf, a wolf's not going to come hunt a group of, of humans inside of a building. A group of wolves might! No. No, 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 no. They don't hunt humans because we're not their, like, common prey. Most of the time, if a pack of wolves sees humans, they'll either completely ignore us or they'll run away. They're only going to attack if they feel threatened. As long as we're in here, we should be okay. Rowan has closed the door behind us, obviously. Um, Violet, is there a way of, like, unpicking the lock so you can, like, relock it? <laughs> Just so that they can't um... come in? Like, I don't know how lockpicking works, but you're obviously really good at it, so... Maybe there's a spare key inside the cabin somewhere. I'll have a look around. Oh, that's a good idea. Or we could, like, push something in front of it. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Before you guys close it up, though, I'm just going to go quickly out to the lookout point and see if I can see camp, see if anything's going on. The lookout point is absolutely where Ivy's going right now before you guys lock the door. I want to go and take a look through the binoculars at the camp. Rowan would prefer to stay, but if Violet is going to go as well, she is not staying by herself in this cabin. Yeah, I'd probably go because there's no point in being... We won't learn anything by being in the cabin. Yeah. Is there any, like, an umbrella or some sports equipment, say a baseball bat or a hockey stick? One of my special moves is, I've got that badge, which means I can build something related to survival. (laughs) So maybe, like, a wolf's afraid of fire? Should we, like, build a fire? I'm very good at that. I can make a fire. They don't, you know, it did run away from the light when I shined at it. And also, you know... Never hurts to have a campfire set up. We get a little bit more light, a little more warmth up here. I think that's a good idea. That's true. I guess the reason I suggested the fire is because I was imagining us taking flaming branches to defend ourselves. Is that, is that a bit extreme? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you build a campfire, then we have a place to get lit branches from. Is why I was going with like, yeah, build a campfire. That's great. <laughs> I'll help you set the campfire. Can I do it quite quickly? Because I would like to go to the point. Oh, yeah, there's like there's a dedicated space for a campfire that's got stones around it. You know, you have been coming to a camp for five years. You definitely, definitely know how to build a campfire. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to stick with Rowan because she's freaking out. And for some reason, I just trust Ivy to just be fine. (laughs) Ivy's going to grab whatever kind of like branch. I think it would be funny if it was the same one that uh, Violet used to open the window early without knowing it. But just grab it and use it as like a like a walking stick type of thing. (laughs) Right, like or something like that, and just head over to the point right now. 
Or did you guys say you were coming with? Because I might wait for you if it's not going to take long. But Yeah, I think we're going to stoke the fire. Just it, like it might keep stuff away and then come to the point. Mm. Okay, so I'll, I'll probably have the stick and then wait for you guys. Okay. All right, so then we head out to the point then, I guess. Is it just like attached to the cabin or is it like a walk? It's not a long walk. It's all in the same clearing. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say there's three binoculars. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Would you like to look through them? Yes. yes. I think if we pick like three different directions to look in so we can cover the area as much as you can with these fixed binoculars. Which directions would you like to look at? Or like what would you like to look at? I'm immediately looking for the camp. I'm immediately trying to look at the camp because that's why I was coming out here. I think I would start to look at the camp as well, but also periodically just like whipping around to look behind. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything there? I think since Ivy mentioned something like an animal nearby, I'm gonna look towards like the woods that we came from. Looking into the woods is quite difficult because there is obviously a lot of a lot of trees and it's dark. Yeah, it's an almost full moon, so the the night is quite bright, and the camp has a few like little lights about for safety, you know. But it is it is fairly dark. Looking into the woods, you can't see very much at all, but you can see some movement, some trees rustling as if something is moving through them very quickly. Mm-hmm. It could be the wind, but today is a very still night. Looking at the camp, you can definitely see some movement. What look like large animals or creatures. <gasps> some seem to be emerging from the woods, and some seem to be within the camp already. A lot of them kind of converge. You see the beasts kind of go around, sniff each other, like interact a little bit and then eventually kind of form themselves into two packs as they become friendlier with some of each other and then more aggressive with the others. A lot of the girls have been working really hard to fix some of the damage that had been done overnight, but after about half an hour, they kind of get so aggressive with each other that they start fighting and just running around and breaking it all again. Um, Do any of the girls have pets at home or any experience with animals? For instance, volunteering at an animal shelter or with a vet. I think that Ivy is like, has at least a cat at home. I can see Violet with a dog. Mostly just like her parents, just like, you have so much energy. Go and take the dog for a walk. Yeah. (laughs) I think Rowan has like a goldfish. So no. (laughs) And I bet Rowan takes care of that goldfish so seriously. It's got exactly the right size tank for the size that it is. Yes. And she has left her younger brother a list (laughs) itemized and time things to take care of her goldfish, Cyril, and expects him to be alive and the same colour when she gets back. (laughs) Violet eventually will follow the the movement out to the the camp and will also be watching the creatures down there. Um, I'm going to rule because we'll know the end. And you will definitely recognize a lot of this behavior, or at least the early behavior, as dogs that are bored. Dogs being bored, sniffing around, looking for something to do, and ending up fighting in the camp because they're kind of agitating each other. They just want to play. You would say, based on your experiences at the dog park, that this is a play fight that has become too ingrained. Right. I will probably nudge Ivy and explain, you know, I think whatever they are, they are bored and are getting too aggressive because they've got nothing to do. 
Is it just me? At first, when they started to kind of split in half, did that feel familiar to either of you guys? It was it was weird, right? You know, if I'd spent any time in social spaces over the last day or so, I maybe I wouldn't notice. <laughs> yeah, it's like it felt like I was at breakfast again, right? Yes, it had that same kind of like tense energy to it. I'm sorry. Are we saying those are our friends down there? No, that's ridiculous. I don't know if I was saying that. I was just, I just, they feel related at least. Very much so. I mean, based on what you guys described, it sounds, it looks similar. I think Ivy's going to turn away at this point and be like lost in thought about it. Werewolves haven't occurred, but wolves and that's some connection between what's happening with the wolves and the girls. Is there anything in particular she's trying to figure out? What the connection is, I guess, in general. Just like trying to figure out if she can work through why, if the wolves could be influencing the girl's behavior in some way is like the first line of thought she's going down. So like... Rowan is normally a very, very rational person, I think, but is so freaked out right now, is completely ready to believe in werewolves. It does kind of point to that. Like, it kind of makes sense, you know, the girls have been behaving like that all day. They're really tired, so like, implies that they were up all night last night. I guess, but like, I mean, first, werewolves aren't a thing, but also like, when would they have become werewolves? (laughs) I don't know that werewolves aren't a thing. I feel like werewolves definitely could be a thing, but it feels... I don't know. I'm just starting to try to think about like what you're saying about like them being tired all day and stuff. At this point, you all hear some quite heavy footsteps. Stevie's voice. <gasps> Rowan! Ivy! Violet! Ivy's going to wheel around and look immediately. Be like, oh, Stevie's here, oh! Ready to, like, run or something? Like, kind of like fight or flight. Like, we all turn around with our headlamps, and Violet is just like, I didn't do it! <laughs> Stevie? Stevie enters into the clearing, but, like, ah, shielding her eyes. <laughs> and, and Willow comes up behind her. <gasps> what do you think you are doing up here? This is completely unauthorized and very unsafe! There are wolves in the camp? But there are wolves in the forest! Why would you come up here at night alone when you know there are wolves? We didn't know until just now! We didn't know there were wolves until we got here! Look, can you look at this? Look at the binoculars, Stevie, please, come on. Look at the behavior of the wolves in the camp. And you gotta hear what Rowan was thinking about it. They're bored, they don't want to play. Stevie will look through the binoculars. Oh man, Willow, have you seen this? Come and, come and look. Willow will also go and have a look. So you think all those rumors were true? What rumors? Is it werewolves? I mean, you know, people are always saying stories about what's in the forest or what's going on at camp. But yeah, when like my first year here, I remember there was this rumor going around that one of the girls was a werewolf or she kept like not being in her bed. Somebody found her kind of curled up behind one of the cabins to sleep one night. It was really weird. Right. But if they were werewolves, what do they do like the rest of the year when they're not here? I guess more of this. Maybe they're werewolves all the year and they just get together at camp or maybe it only works here i don't know i don't want to be a werewolf okay well i mean you're you're not one just keep not being a werewolf but now see we're stuck up here though (laughs) i mean if you really don't want to be a werewolf then do you want to stay here all night or do you want to do you want to try and make it back to camp we made a campfire we brought snacks if you guys want to hang out we're already here I think Ivy's got, like, marshmallows that we can toast. I've got sleeping bags. Oh, absolutely. I have half a toasty. I have half a cheese toasty. (laughs) Stevie will, like, make a lot of noises about, oh, I can't believe I have to spend the night outside of my bed because you three had to wander off and play detective. 
But actually, as soon as you mentioned marshmallows and a campfire, her eyes kind of light up. <laughs> I think I was going to offhandedly be like, oh yeah, by the way, one of the wolves was up here earlier. I don't know if it made its way down somewhere else to try to camp. It, it, it ran off. Probably fine. I'm going to grab some sticks just in case any wolves come up and then <laughs> play fetch. <laughs> that was sort of effectively why I grabbed the stick too. Because if any wolf came out, I was going to like, brandish it like a weapon, and then chuck it to see if they would fit. (laughs) (laughs) Rowan is just attached to a person at all times. (laughs) Once you've had your marshmallows, Stevie will start complaining. Like, I can't believe, like, if if there's all these werewolves now, we're going to have to be cleaning up that camp every single day. Do you know how hard I worked fixing everything? Violet, weren't you saying something about your dog at home? Weren't you saying something about dogs? Yeah, like, when they start fighting like this, it's usually because they're looking for something to do because they're bored, and dogs get, like, really destructive when they're bored. Maybe we could talk to Millie about wolf toys? (laughs) Just put some chew toys outside the cabins, yeah. Yeah, so they've got stuff to do so they don't tear up the camp. Maybe we could talk to Mary about making some, like really strong string knotted toys dogs love those things right they can fight over them they could do tug of war with each other do you think that any of the counselors are werewolves have you guys noticed any of the counselors being weird at night or not being there or or any any rumors like that because if there was a werewolf counselor then they could have separate werewolf activities that they would do with a counselor because they would have a counselor with them i'm not sure if werewolves are that organized (laughs) i mean they're probably i love the idea of a werewolf coming out with an itinerary (laughs) There's a lot of rumours about the counsellors being weird at night or having secret activities, but I don't know that any of them are because they're werewolves. Could be, though. Do you think they know? Some of them must, if it's been going on this long. I mean, I'm still not sold on the werewolves thing, but I feel like if they were werewolves, some of them would know. Since we're running close to the end, would you guys like to kind of assume that you just have a nice campfire night up at the cabin, and then go down and talk to Millie and Mary about trying to implement your werewolf enrichment plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. We can test it out as, like, the the final full moon night. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds good. So how would you like to approach Millie and Mary? You have Stevie and Willow on your side now as well. Awesome. I assume these guys are going to come up with, like, they're going to discuss how to approach it and, like, the best way to do it. I'm not going to let you waste time doing that because what's going to happen is Violet is going to run all the way to Millie's office, burst through the door and go, I've solved it. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. Oh, that's fantastic news. And uh, what is it you've solved exactly? The ruckus, the nighttime problems, the scratches. What do you think is causing it in the end? Some sort of wolves. Some people think it's werewolves. I think that's nonsense, but they are big wolf-like things that are just play fighting and roughhousing because they're bored. Oh, so uh, that's quite a theory. What would you suggest? Well, if they're like dogs, which they were acting like, some toys, maybe like things for them to do not in the centre of camp so they don't like come in. But then if they like it in camp, they'll come into camp anyway. But like some toys so they're not fighting and breaking things. Rowan is probably caught up at this point. Should we maybe take them for walks? She's feeling a bit braver now it's daylight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that what they need? Really gives maybe a bit of a look at that. Well, this is all a very interesting theory. It sounds a bit far-fetched, so I'm sure that there's a perfectly rational explanation. 
Ivy's going to stroll in some point during that with Willow and Stevie and just go, like, completely not caught up with where the conversation is. Just go, it's werewolves! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you guys, oh. Sorry. So, as I say, I'm sure there's a perfectly rational and, and non-supernatural explanation for all this. But I suppose that crafting werewolf toys would be an interesting activity for young girls. And uh, she'll give you a bit of a wink and tell you <gasps> that you can use whatever you like from the arts and crafts or the, the outdoor pursuits stores just to tell people what you're taking. That sounds like success. Perhaps some of the other girls would like to join in as well. Oh, yeah. As soon as this meeting is over, Violet is going to run and find Jem and just be like, show me all the arts and crafts. <laughs> Poor Jem is probably like, I need to sleep. Yeah. But also really psyched about getting you into like costuming and props <laughs> because if you got really into making props then you could hang out all day that's true your best friend is a werewolf <laughs> right what no werewolves aren't a thing rowan oh god oh no i went to a really dark place then where rowan is the only person who believes this and it's not okay <laughs> i think we had the opposite where violet is the only one who does not believe <laughs> It's fine. Like, once the full moon comes around, I think Violet will be like, okay, it's werewolves. I'm going to ask all of you to make crafting rolls. Finally, something I'm good at. Never mind, it's a six. I got a four. I also got a four. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> How successful is our crafting toys for werewolves? I usually just buy dog toys. <laughs> okay, well, luckily, Jem... <laughs> DB and Willow are better at this, but uh, you managed to make some really mediocre toys. <laughs> We've got the rest of summer to practice. How would you like to test how well this is working? Ivy's staying up. Yeah, I think Violet's going to stay up. Ivy's going to just straight up try and go outside and play with them. Oh, gosh. Straight up go outside on the full moon and be like, hey, look, because I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> Rowan is not okay with that. Rowan wants to be barricaded in maybe the common room. I don't know, somewhere with a good view of where they're fighting, but with a very firmly locked door and having left the toys outside. Okay, yeah. And Violet, where would you like to be? Violet is going to climb a tree and watch. And if it works out for Ivy, Violet might join in. I was going to say, if I could roll make friends for it, because of my special ability, I'm actually incapable of a complete failure. So I'll be okay no matter what. It's just varying levels of okay. Okay, let's cut to the evening. You've spent all day making these toys, arranging the environment. You get into your places and it's lights out just before the sun goes properly down. And then not long after that, you notice, well, you hear some kind of rustling and scratches. Rowan's face is pressed up against the window, just like... (laughs) (laughs) Violet who is up a tree, will be able to see, like, right underneath. Actually, Jem, who has got so tired that at some point she's come out of her cabin very, very quiet and very softly and curled up right behind the rehearsal room and uh, has got one of the, like, one of the blankets or the costumes. And she seems, like, quite sleepy, like, she's not really 100% aware of what she's doing, but she's curled down there. And uh, you can watch as she slowly and gradually... Well, not that slowly or that gradually. <laughs> she transforms into a huge wolf. Ooh, wolf 
friend. My best friend is a werewolf. She's sleeping there for a little while, but after not long. So when the, the moon is quite high in the sky, the light shines down on her and she, she wakes up. And as she trots around, kind of sniffing around, she makes some little howls and is met by little howls, other wolves. And you can see that they're all coming out. Some are coming from the woods and some are coming from different places within the camp where they've obviously been kind of led to by their subconscious and then have transformed and gotten up again like Jen did. So they all kind of gather, sniffing each other, hanging about, eyeing each other. And um, then some of them spot like a little rope chew. Or, I don't know, what other toys did you make? What toys did you make for the werewolves? I just realised maybe I should have used I've got that badge for this because <laughs> Robin would consider this survival. I don't know. what. I'll let you make, like, one really good toy. I want to make some kind of chew toy. Could we have, like, repurposed some... Presumably we have, like, inflatable or, like, wetsuits. How cold is it? Could we have made, like, some kind of chew toys for them out of the wetsuits? Like, a bit more robust than wood or... <gasps> With a squeak! Oh yeah, with a squeak, yes. We've made them squeaky toys. I think that Ivy's best attempt at a toy other than the rope chew was probably like trying to like whittle a piece of wood into like a fun shape to be chewed on, but that was the best idea that she had. In my experience, dogs, much like cats and children, love things that are not toys. And they're merely either packaging or these really thick like cardboard tubes. I didn't know a lot of dogs just love to chew on those. So I'd probably just be like, Here's a few of those that I stole from the arts and crafts room. <laughs> so Jen is the first one to notice. And she goes immediately for, um, yeah, one of these little like cardboard tubes that you together cut little shapes out of to make it look a bit more interesting. And she goes immediately and starts like chipping down on it, batting it around. And uh, gradually a lot of the other wolves also start playing. And you notice they're not going to be so aggressive. They're playing with each other with the toys. So, Ivy, how in the middle of this are you getting? If I've waited long enough to see that they're definitely interacting with the toys and playing with them, and not fighting, but, like, play fighting more, I'm going to go right in and try to play tug-of-war with one of them. You know, like you do with a dog. For the final roll of the game, um, I'm going to ask you to roll make friends, and I'm also going to ask you how much are you trying to make friends and how much are you trying to not get bit? Oh, I'm trying to make friends all the way. I'm not afraid of them to a fight. I'm not afraid of them to the point that it's a problem. Please roll make friends. That is an eight. An eight. Okay, so an eight is very much a success with complications. <laughs> you win the tug of war. Like, the, the werewolf is having a great time with you, but in order to win the tug of war, you, like, have to put your hand right close to the center, you yank it, and... The, the wolf tries to grab back onto it, but misses and hits your hand. It doesn't hurt as much as you think it would, but you have been bit. Would you like to keep playing? Yeah, I think as long as it's not seriously injured, it doesn't hurt that bad. I'm immediately like, all right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like trying to like, you know, do the thing where you wave it above the dog's nose so they try to jump for it or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm just in it. I'm going. You keep playing and over the night, you kind of lose track of time. You just get more and more focused on like, like playing with these wolves. And Violet and Rowan see Ivy gradually transform into like little werewolf light. Little werewolf. 
Rowan is so confused, she doesn't know how to feel. <laughs> the night goes on much like this, so the next morning, so you see everybody gradually kind of make their way back to where they were, and just before dawn, the campers, back in their human forms, kind of make their way back into their beds, still sort of in their sleep, and when everybody awakes the next morning, the toys are kind of all over the place, but the camp itself is still intact. You are all just as sleepy as many of the other girls there. You notice that there's a little bit more camaraderie between the werewolf girls. <laughs> Success, I think. Woo-hoo, we did it. We saved the camp. Next time you see Cassie, you notice that she is wearing her bracelet again. Aww. Aww. I'm absolutely going to make fun of Ivy for being a werewolf now. I think Ivy's stoked. For what it's worth, I don't know. We're not gonna role play it out much, but I think Ivy is. I think Ivy thinks that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> so thank you so much for playing Camp Flying Moose. Thank you for running it. If you are listening and have enjoyed listening to this game, I thoroughly recommend checking it out. It is by Alicia Furness, and you can get your own copy on afurness.itch.io. And we'll put a link in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for listening. I have been Sasha Sienna. You can find more of me on Twitter at Sienna Sasha. Or um, if you like more role-playing games, you can check out my RPG company, MacGuffin and Company. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at MacGuffin and Co. Or you can head to our website, www.MacGuffin and Company. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash MacGuffin and Company. Or you can check out our Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash MacGuffin and Company. And I have been joined by Lowry, Frank and Annie. Uh, Lowry, where can people find more of you? Oh, you can find me on Lowry Tweets. I never tweet, but I will often like and retweet other things. Sounds like your Twitter handle is a lie. Yeah, it is, isn't it? (laughs) But it was available. I was like, I'm taking it. And yeah, I guess on other Rusty Quill things. And Annie, where can people find more of you? You can follow me on Twitter at AnnieRuby underscore. Don't forget the underscore at the end. You can follow me on Twitch. Depending upon when you're listening to this, it will either be twitch.tv slash AnnieRuby, no underscore, or it will be twitch.tv slash SkinnyPigGames. If you go to AnnieRuby and it's not there, you know it's SkinnyPigGames. And Frank, where can people find more of you? You can find me on Twitter at Avoided Drowning. Follow me, get my numbers up. If you don't like it, just mute me. Don't unfollow me because I need those numbers for no reason. I will say, Frank, very funny. Very, very funny, especially on Twitter. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitch at Bootjets because I don't know how to codify my brand. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to Lori, Annie and Frank for playing. Thank you. Bye. 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 This episode is distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. For more information, visit RustyQuill.com. Tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, listeners. This is Anusha Battersby of the Magnus Protocol, letting you know about the latest Rusticwell original podcast on Neon Inkwell, The Pit Below Paradise. The Pit Below Paradise is a US coming-of-age tale set years in the future, in the ruins of a burnt world. Small communities struggle in the ashes, and in Paradise Village, Dorian is set to sacrifice himself for the hope of a better tomorrow. At least, that's what he thought. But when the date of prophecy is pulled into question, Dorian's whole world is turned on its side. Forced to attend college to keep up appearances, Dorian meets Will, a former gravedigger with no reason to suspect his vibrant new roommate might soon be facing death, and Ruth, a returned runaway trying to make peace with the past. As Dory only just starts to learn about herself, she is forced to choose whether she still believes everything she was told growing up, or whether she wants to place her trust in a wider, more daunting world that she's only just come to know. The Pit Below Paradise is available now on Neon Inkwell, our ongoing home for full cast fiction podcasts, written by creators from all around the world. Just search Neon Inkwell wherever you get your podcasts.